Hello, everybody. We're a couple of annoying grunt boys, and this is the 138th Simpsons Podcast. That's right. We're the podcast that explores the show, The Simpsons, from seasons 11 and beyond. Why 11 and beyond, you ask? Well, we know that there are several podcasts out there that explore the golden age of The Simpsons, that's seasons 1 through 10, and we want to find if there's any gems in the later seasons, the much maligned seasons. Maybe we can rekindle our passion for this beloved show. I am half an annoyed grunt boy, or maybe half an annoying grunt boy, Steve, but I can't do this on my own, so with me, as always, is... The other half annoying grunt boy, Craig. Steve, why are we calling ourselves annoying grunt boys? I feel like this is maybe foreshadowing. Could be, maybe even five shadowing. Yeah, to a joke that probably it's not that funny. Okay. Hey, you want me to watch um on Netflix uh people who just do nothing? What's that, that show called? Yeah, people just do nothing. Unfortunately, I uh not unfortunately, but I canceled my Netflix a while ago. So um, I, this is weird to do this on pod, but can I get your uh, Netflix login real quick? Just just text me over Zoom real quick. Okay. okay. <laughs> your password is... You're nuts in my face. That's weird. You might have to change that now that I just outed you out. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, okay. Let's get there to make sure login works. And yep. Uh, weird. Why does it say, <laughs> would you like to continue watching Cuties for the 34th time? What? What's cutie, Steve? It's, you know, I'm just passionate about certain things. And, you know, kids dancing, you know, it's it's a formative time of the year. It, it's been a week. Like, I haven't been on Netflix in a while, but it's weird. It says, like, uh, Steve, why do you want to watch this one scene three minutes again? What? The, 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 the moves. It's really good. Uh, uh, um. <laughs> All right, this joke is stupid. Steve's not a pedophile. No. I like adult women. <laughs> Just say adult, Steve. Come on. This is 1993. I like adults. I know there's controversy with that cuties thing, but uh, I, I'm too afraid to watch it because it's not supposed to be. It's not child pornography, right? Isn't it just like Dance Moms? I don't know. I don't know. It's something I don't care about and I'm not going to watch. Yeah, me neither. Not again. <laughs> yeah, for the 35th time. <laughs> Uh, Steve, um, last week we mentioned that we were in the midst of, uh, if you haven't listened to podcasts before, we live in the Pacific Northwest and we, hey, Steve, we're number one. We have the worst air air quality in the world. In the world. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Take that. What other places that usually have crappy air quality? Yeah. Assume the moon. <laughs> there's no air there. It's true. <laughs> Uh, it does feel like we are living on Mars. Yeah, it's weird. I like to look at the uh, air quality index uh, on my phone. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> because normal air quality is zero to 50 on this gauge. And uh, currently... We broke it. <laughs> we, are at, we literally have broken it um, because they stopped counting at 500. <laughs> and we've been there before. But we're doing better right now because we're currently at 484. 
Woohoo! It's hazardous, and it says everyone should stay indoors and reduce activity levels. Even my uh, my waste removal company. I guess I can just say trash people. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> all about my trash people. That's what Donald Trump calls his uh, the Americans. That's right. <laughs> um, uh, not a political podcast, but uh, yeah, we're all trash people. It was um yeah. They call like uh, I have a regular service tomorrow, but they're uh, they're not coming to pick it up. But I understand, you know, like to be honest, I'd rather smell my garbage than the <laughs> air. <laughs> Yeah. I unfortunately I have to work still apparently. I don't know why. And I work in an open warehouse, so it's pretty detrimental to me, man. Oof. Even like I just like when I went to go to the bathroom, <laughs> I'm like, oh God, I love the smell of this urinal <laughs> over <laughs> the working conditions I'm in. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm probably gonna get uh, lung cancer and I don't smoke. So uh there you go. Yeah, I mean, as a former smoker, I gotta say one do not miss smoking at all but like if i go outside it feels like i smoked a bunch of cigarettes on an empty stomach and it really grosses me out okay i got i gotta say this real quick i was really pissed off on friday i went to this is like so that was one of the high days where the smoke was just really bad uh in the air and i had to go to the grocery store and there's still a mask mandate in our state but you know still a lot of stores they won't force people because they don't want to be on tiktok or whatever and even now like wear a mask is way (laughs) just wear a mask because of the smoke and of covid (laughs) you would think everyone would be suited up i saw Mm. five fucking people in the store not wearing masks (sighs) and in this smoke and i was so livid like i'm like i have steve rage when i see this shit you talked oh, about yeah. steve rage on this podcast before like uh-huh. just the it, the anger it boils me and i was having a shitty day found out one of my koi fish was disappeared because a fucking hawk took it or oh, bird God. or a raccoon so i uh, a, a, a koi fish that i've known for almost 20 years is gone wow and i was getting this depression thing uh, so that and then the the, 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 the the smoke and then the covid here's one thing that did brighten my day though it says i'm leaving the store there's a complex with a little uh a restaurant out and uh just, there was a guy on his ipad you know drinking a beer and smoking a cigarette in this weather <laughs> like <laughs> steve I'm, I'm sure you haven't seen at your work any uh anyone uh doing some weird shit in this smoky weather that we shouldn't be outdoors in well you know our store has a deli that makes hot food we recently introduced a pizza program which is great they have great pizza but you can't eat it inside because of covid uh so this family came in and they had three kids all under the age of seven and the mother and father each ordered a glass of beer and then they ordered their pizza and they had their kids sitting outside in the smoky air for literally like 45 fucking (sighs) minutes and you know i don't like children I think they're dumb. Um, Except for the, but, the Simpsons kids. Oh, of course, yeah. But they left them out there to like inhale all this smoke while they were just having a grand old time eating pizza and drinking beer. And, you know, it just seems irresponsible. And, you know, because of that, I shut down my bar for the time being. Like, we're open for coffee to go, but no outdoor seating because people should not be sitting outside. And, like, there are some people who were just sitting outside while the world was ending. Like, I even had a guy be like, well, I guess all the IPAs are hazy today. I was like, what are you doing? You're going to die. You said it seems irresponsible, Stephen. It is irresponsible. Thank you, yes. Uh, Man, yeah. We're both childless uh, people, but uh, I don't think we would subject our children to this smoke. No, I'm I'm worried about my cat who doesn't even go outside. I'm worried about your cat too. It's got tiny little lungs. It's it's not fun here. Um, this might be our last episode because we might suffocate. <laughs> 
or burn to the ground. <sighs> or a cop just might come into our house and just shoot us for no apparent reason. What a time to be alive. You know, I'd rather go back to a simpler time, Steve. What about, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, 2013? Oh, back when Obama was president. Yes, please. (laughs) Again, not a political podcast, but uh, I'd rather go back to that time, maybe around like Thanksgiving. I don't know. Yeah, like maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, November 24th, let's say. That's close to Thanksgiving. It's probably the week after. Yeah, it's like the Sunday after the Thursday. Uh, But Craig, what do you think the uh, number one box office movie was? The Jennifer Lawrence hit The Hunger Games, Catching Fire. Steve, are you a Hunger Games fan? <laughs> nope. I think I saw the first movie, Never Read the Books, but I'm like, all right, it's Lord of Eyes with guns. Yeah, I think I saw, or Laura read the books, and... Who the fuck watched- is this Laura? She's my wife. Listen to the podcast. Thanks, Borat. <laughs> Listen to my podcast. <laughs> Classic line from Borat. Ooh, I'm excited uh, for Borat, too. That apparently was filmed without anyone knowing. Ooh, fun. I didn't I know about love that. love Sasha Baron Cohen. Okay, cool. Uh, but she read him, and they. she said they were fine. So I don't need to see the movies. I don't care much for J-Law. Who's the uh, author of uh, Hunger Games? Suzanne Collins, I believe. Does Suzanne Collins also hate transgendered people like uh, J.K. <laughs> Rowling? No, I will say that, to the best of my knowledge, that I have no knowledge of, uh, <laughs> Suzanne Collins is not a turf. All right. Well, Steve, uh, what was our uh, song we were listening to that week? The only song that we're allowed to listen to. Well, you better go down to Kansas City, because it was The Royals by Lord. And we'll never be royals. It's the one in our blood that kind of love's just ain't for us. We crave a different kind of bud. Let me be your ruler. ruler. You can call me Queen Bee. And baby, I'll rule. Let me live that fantasy. You know the story behind that song? You know I don't. So, just off the top of my head, I think Lord, she's what, uh, New Zealand? Mm-hmm. New Zealand? Yeah. And, uh,. <laughs> I think she saw like a photo of George Brett, who was a uh, one of the most famous uh, Kansas City Royal baseball players back in the <laughs> '80s, and it was uh, when they won the 1984 World Series, and uh, like just like saw a picture of him, or maybe with the entire uh, Royals, and celebrating the World Series win, and she just saw like she saw, oh, I'll never be a royal. What? Huh? Song? Huh. Yeah. Wasn't she like? Wow. 13 when she wrote this song she's she's young she was a young kid right yeah she's fairly young that's a really she's interesting no, story though she's no billy eilish she's not a bad guy duh lord was born november 7th 1996 okay so uh she's 23 years old yeah so she was just a teen right in worlds but i i really actually enjoy the that lord royal song yeah it's my favorite song of hers because it's the one that i know yeah, <laughs> it's the only one I know as well, but uh, it's a great song. It's on, actually one of my mixes on Spotify. Just uh, Or am I, you know, like on Spotify, you have like the like heart songs and then like sometimes you just go back and just like shuffle my like songs and it's on mm-hmm. there. Did right, you know, Craig, that her uh, real name is Ella Marija Lani Alec O'Connor? Yeah, I did. Good for you. I didn't, Steve. I lied. You can call me- there is a great uh, South Park episode, though, where uh, uh, Stan's dad is actually Lord. Interesting. I, I think I remember that one, actually. Park. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, what are we watching, Steve? The Kid is All Right, the sixth episode of the 25th season. Uh, and in it, Lisa finally makes a new best friend, Isabel Gutierrez. Only discover that she's a Republican and her opponent in the campaign for second grade class representative. All right. Well, I guess we're going to have to get political on this non-political podcast. 
Oh, boy. All right, Steve, uh, before we do that, uh, I think we need to take a break. I agree, Craig. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. And we'll never be And we're back. Today we're talking about The Kid is All Right, the sixth episode of the 25th season. It originally aired on November 24th, 2013. It is episode 536 in the show's run. Your nerd code is SABFO2. It was written by Tim Long, directed by Mark Kirkland, and your showrunner is Al Jean. Good old friend from up north, Tim Long. We just reviewed an episode with him, uh, Doe Canada, I think a couple episodes back. Yeah. Co-wrote that with uh, Miranda Thompson, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other one we reviewed of his, you got Million Dollar AB, Homer and Ned's Hail Mary Pass, and uh, you can't always say what you want. Uh-huh. I think that's, uh, that's it for our reviews of Timothy Long. Fun Canadian fella. Yep. Yeah, uh, like I said before, wrote on uh, Letterman and uh, Politically Incorrect, and uh, let's just get on with this episode. Alrighty. Well, first of all, some trivia. The title, The Kids Are All Right, is, uh, or The Kid Is All Right, is a parody of the 2010 film, The Kids Are All Right. Again, with these trivia facts, you're blowing everyone's minds up. I do some deep dives and, you know, this is what I get. <laughs> so, you know, you're welcome. You're risking uh, contracting coronavirus by going to libraries to do this research. So many microfiche. <laughs> So we have an unconventional uh, couch gag. No title screen, no chalkboard, but just a kind of a long uh, couch gag. It's called Musicville, and it is the longest couch gag of season 25 so far. And season 25 is over, so I'm going to say that it won. <laughs> so it's introduced as a Silly Symphony, which I think would be a parody of uh, Silly Symphonies. I guess so, yeah. All right. Starts out, uh, Land of Springfield, it's all magical and musical, and all the citizens are instruments, and they're all playing all kinds of fun music, Steve. Ooh, so we have Homer as a tuba, Marge as a tromboner, uh, Bart as a trumpet, and Lisa as a saxophone, and Maggie as a French horn. Yeah. And they're um, driving home in their car depicted as a grand piano. Neato. And they stop for a moment at a music note-shaped traffic light, and uh, Lisa's all excited because there's a jazz festival. Ooh. But she sees that the fun that's uh, going on in the distance, she gets excited and heads to it. But when Mr. Burns, as a bassoon, and Smithers, as an oboe, appear, uh, Mr. Burns sees a sign for the jazz festival and uh, changes it to classical music only. Oh, dear. And then uh, Lisa is seen walking and playing with herself, or, you know, as a saxophone. Sure. Passing up who is, of course, a sitar, Steve. What else could he play? Uh, <laughs> yep, and he's at the uh, picky mart. <laughs> <laughs> this is even more offensive. Mo has a cello. Yeah, it's horrible. Mo cello. Mo <laughs> I don't know. Of course, Barney is a tuba because they ran out of instruments, I think. To Yeah. He should be like a... Um... A jug? Yeah, a jug. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> or, or like a washboard because I was just trying to think of like depictions of drunks playing. I do like the, the next to Mo's or Bo's rather. There's a King Toot's People Store. <laughs> that's a good visual guy. Yeah. That's fun. So Lisa's running down. Uh, an alleyway, and she's trapped by uh, the hounds of Mr. Burns and then is captured. The rest of the family taken to the nuclear power plank, which is now smokestacks are now organ pipes, and they're bound to the wall and chains and guarded by Eddie and Lou as cellos. And Mr. Burns has uh, brought everyone else into Springfield there as well, and he steps up onto the podium and conducts everyone to start playing, forcing them all to play classical music. 
Oh no. Lisa upset and angry about how Burns will not allow any other kind of music and how he is forcing everyone to unhappily only play classical, decides to take a stand, starts to play jazz music, which frees her chains. Symbolic. Bart starts to play as well, which also breaks his bonds, and he plays along with Lisa. Then the rest <laughs> of the Simpson family starts to play and break themselves free as well. Then everybody else in the symphony begins to play jazz, and Mr. Burns is really mad how everyone is playing jazz, but everybody gangs up on him, and the nuclear power plant explodes, and Burns is sent flying towards Metalville, where Nelson, Dolph, Kearney, and Jimbo, all as electric guitars, gang up on him and start to play a brief rock version of the Simpsons theme. Yeah, Burns is, uh, he's defeated, Steve. Yay! And Lisa puts a sign that reads, all music is welcome, so everyone else, uh, her family and everyone else in Springfield, head to the Jizz Festival and play some jazz, techno, country, hillbilly, rock, which now I guess Burns is bound to change himself and forced to listen to. And we got old folks music, and then they finally end by playing a jazzy, jazzed-up version of the theme to The Simpsons. Oh, okay. Not sure what that was, but okay. Yeah, so Kearney appeared as a pink triple-necked heart-shaped guitar, which was a distinctive custom Ibanez guitar owned by one Steve Vai. Did you have to go to, like, Guitar Center to learn that trivia? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I got we got kicked out because I was trying to play Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> uh, Stairway denied. No. So like we said, the the uh, Silly Symph- Symphonies, there's a parody of, which is a Disney thing. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, d- this kind of reminded me of, uh, maybe they would put this, uh, see, it was too short to be something that they'd put up on like before a Pixar movie, like those um, the Lee- Maggie Simpson shorts. Those are a little, yeah. a little bit longer. Yeah, it's ambitious and there's a lot going on and clearly a lot of people put a lot of time into it. I just, you're just like, just... start the movie. <laughs> when are we getting to the fireworks factory? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, so it's very, um, I'll just say it's good job and on the animation. Yeah. It was neat how they went, put so much time into creating instruments for people mm-hmm. to match their personalities. So I thought that was good, but yeah. They had a short episode and like, oh, we need to <laughs> find something to tack on here. That's a little bit longer. Um, Sir, we've had this little musical intro we've had for a couple of years at uh, Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine there's like one like 80 year old writer in the room. <laughs> He's like, I don't like all these talkies. We need a musical episode. He's just pitching that every day for 20 years. Just, it's we're the, just going to uh, do an instrument with, uh, <laughs> with a talking dog that dances and organs. <sighs> it was like when Grandpa Simpson was uh, a writer for Itchy and Scratchy. Exactly. I like the Iggy. <laughs> so after two minutes and eight seconds, Steve, I think our episode actually begins. At Springfield Elementary, the uh, final bell of the day has rung. Lisa steps out of the school, morosely singing the Harry Nielsen hit made famous by Three Dog Night. One is the loneliest number. So as Lisa continues her sad song, she sees uh, various kids on playground enjoying the delightful experience known as Friendship? I don't know what that is either. So uh, we see Sherry O'Terry playing a clapping game that I can never figure out. What, patty cake? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Ralph sharing an ice cream cone with a dog who sucks the ice cream from the cone. Oh, yeah. Willie making out with a female identifying Scarecrow, then taking a <laughs> selfie with his straw-filled lover. And I'm going to say, Craig, before yeah. we move forward, this is the first of three people about to hook up <laughs> with inanimate objects. Yep. <laughs> I'll, I'll debate you when we get to it. To, to one of them okay fair enough all right uh, we get uh, see nelson and wendell seesaw on a teeter-totter which lisa walks under and we have uh kearney and nelson swinging on a swing which lisa is also able to walk under though millhouse isn't so lucky and is kicked in the face and while uh sad lisa 
continue singing one. She takes out her tablet, you know, those rich kids, and looks mm-hmm. up the composer, which is Harry Nielsen, to learn that he died of a massive heart attack on VD Day. Or, Ooh. yeah, Valentine's Day. <laughs> or did he? Well, got a potential blunder. All right. Lisa's tablet says that Harry Nielsen composed the song One and died of a heart attack on Valentine's Day. In reality, Nielsen merely wrote the lyrics to the song. And while he really did have a heart attack on uh, Valentine's Day of 1993, he survived, only to suffer another fatal heart attack on January 15th, 1994. Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. Or at least had a heart attack from that blunder. Yeah. <laughs> That's horrible. Uh, Lisa feels that she made a point about being lonely as rain falls on Springfield, and the school employees react to the storm. Oh, the rain has washed away the playground shit. I'm being chased by sport. It's called precipitation because it never fails to precipitate unruly behavior. And saddest of all, those who do not have a friend to play with in the rain, doomed to get only single pneumonia. Uh, it really sounded like uh, Willie said, playground shit. Shit. See? Shit. 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 Yeah, it really does sound like shit. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a classic asshole situation. Classic assholes. Shit. <laughs> so as Miss Hoover and Coach Krupp uh, stick a drain pipe into Principal Skinner's Volvo, an upgrade from the, his Hyundai, uh, Lisa feels something hit her in the back of the head. It's a wad, a spit wad. Lisa's happy to get some attention, but we then see that the wad came from her brother, who was bombarding Lisa with her own homework, an essay entitled Effects of Sibling Rivalry on Academic Development. You know, this is the second episode where Bart shoots spitballs at Lisa. What was the first? I don't remember. I believe it was Fat Man and Little Boy. Of course you know this. Jeez, dork. (laughs) I'm a nerd. So uh, Lisa runs to avoid her brother, who is jumping from fluorescent light to fluorescent light, past children's letters to Santa, and replies from Santa, eager to uh, hit her sister with more of his projectile. I'd like to come! Exactly. Uh, Lisa enters the school library and flashes a copy of Little Women, which sends Bart away hissing. So after uh, passing the autobiography of Charles Manson, which, why does an elementary school have that? Exactly. <laughs> and Elisa heads uh, the uh, Lisa Simpson Study Carol, where uh, Lifetime Books series, The Culture and Customs of the Old West is on display. And we have a title such as Volume 3, Horse Etiquette. Volume 4, The Sexual Politics of Square Dancing. Volume 5, Gooping from Stave to Rim. Volume 6 is V for Varmints. <laughs> It's a great reading environment, Craig. Thanks. And, and volume seven, horse troughs, not just for flaming pants. <laughs> I like that one a lot. That's a great joke. Um, so Lisa picks up one of the tomes, and behind it she sees a face, and accompanying to that face, why, it's none other than celebrity Ava Longoria. Hi, new kid, second grade. Don't you love the rain? <gasps> new kid? Um, have you made any friends? Just Charlotte, Emily, and Anne. <gasps> That's a reference to the Bronte sisters. <gasps> you got my reference to the Bronte sisters? Nice to meet you, Lisa Simpson. How do you know my name? I deciphered the anagrams on your notebook. Oh. B. Lisa? <gasps> Isabel! <laughs> Man, Lisa really loves her anagrams. I know. And doing them with potential new friends. It's kind of weird. She didn't start doing them until she met... Uh, Lisa's rival. 
Lisa's rival. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I think of Lisa's rival, then I think of Lisa Kudrow, but that's not the episode. Right. Because Lisa makes friends. It's, it's one of those episodes, Steve, Lisa making friends. Yeah. It's kind of a trope of she makes a friend and then the friend turns out to be not what she wants it to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a fine storyline and like one to go to. So well, we're not reviewing it yet, though. That's right. But I do have Lisa's anagrams, if you would like them, <laughs> that were on her binder. Sure. All right. We have Alps Mission. Okay. We've got Pals in Moss. Pales in Moss, rather. <laughs> and Plain Miss. So. Do you want to know what other ones they could have done? Sure. They could have also done. Slap Miss Ion. <laughs> they could have done Main Spoils. <laughs> How about uh, Spain Lissom? <laughs> Pal Missions, Steve. Pal Missions. I know lap, miss. <laughs> Slap Mission. <laughs> Male Nips SOS. <laughs> <laughs> That one's good. <laughs> Male piss, son. <laughs> <laughs> Male piss, son. Uh. All right, I'll stop. <laughs> okay. Um, so Bart appears on a nearby computer screen and makes faces at the two girls and then uh, proceeds to show them his uh, little butt. He also does some of the old classic uh, Bart making the faces, like the giant jaw one. Yeah, the underbite. Yeah, classic. I like that one. In the kitchen of 742 Evergreen Terrace, Marge is cooking. Homer, for some reason, admiring some fridge spaghetti. Mm-hmm. And uh, Maggie's constructing and smashing a likeness of a rival, Gerald, out of play dough. That was fun. I like the play dough. Yeah. Also, Jared, that's her future husband. That's right. So, real quick, I had a <laughs> weird time when Homer... Ooh, spaghetti. Like, so Marge wasn't really cooking spaghetti. He's, yeah, in the fridge, like, was there a point to even, like, drop a Homer line there? Like, this that didn't make any sense to me. This also could have been because I was high when I was watching it. No, I was wondering the same thing because also, just from a realism point, Finding spaghetti in the fridge is not something you go, ooh. No. It's like old spaghetti sucks. Cold spaghetti is probably the worst leftover. Yeah, probably. I mean, save the sauce, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But make sure your noodles are separated or at least just throw them out and make new ones. Yeah, noodles are cheap and yeah, they, they're not going to be the, it's not going to hold up. I just think it was weird that, that whole line. I'm like, was, yeah. like Dan, was like Dan Castellano watching this, like the dailies? <laughs> I don't know if they have dailies for animation, but. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Casaletta, we got the dailies from this episode of The Simpsons. I don't uh, have enough lines. I need to talk about <laughs> ethnic food. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. If like Dan was like, um, I think Homer should say something there. <laughs> or he was just watching and he's like, yeah, I'm just going to say ooh spaghetti. I don't know. Maybe they were like pitching ideas and then um, uh, a PA came in and he's like, what do you want for lunch? <laughs> and Dan was just like, ooh, spaghetti. I'm like, huh. As Homer's like, voice, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I think I'm talking too much on this whole spaghetti part. I just didn't get it. It didn't need to be there. I don't disagree with you. But anyway, the phone rings. Homer answers to find that it's Isabel calling Lisa regarding a budding new friendship. Lisa excitedly takes the call, while Homer questions why Bart can't get a new friend like Lisa. Though Bart doesn't exactly understand what's wrong with his current BFF. I finally got that M&M out of my inner ear. I remembered correctly. It was a green one. Don't eat it. It's been in his ear. Don't eat it. It's been in his ear. (laughs) Don't eat it. It's been in the boy's ear and the dog's mouth. Don't eat it. Oh, for God's sake. And don't you hate being a middle child? Yeah. In the car, I always have to sit on the hump. It makes reading impossible. Lisa, your food's getting cold. It's raw veggies. They're supposed to be cold. Well, someone who loves you put melted butter on them. Thank you, Mr. Bergstrom. I'll tell Lisa you drop by. I better go. Okay, but one more thing. I noticed we're both doing presentations on Franklin Roosevelt at school. 
Why don't we do them together? Oh my god, someone wants to be my partner. Can't screw this up. I really liked Marge taking the M&M out of Homer's mouth and then sticking it back <laughs> into uh, Milhouse's ear. I know, as if the scene wasn't gross enough, <laughs> this her putting it back in the ear, I thought that was great. The one I loved the most. What do you think <laughs> it was? Uh, was it uh, the, the bit about cold veggies? No, close though. Oh, it's probably, uh, well, it was Mr. Mr. Bergstrom. Oh, I don't notice that scene. What, what happened oh. there? Oh, he uh, buttered Lisa's. <laughs> Veggies. Cold veggies. <laughs> I thought that was such a good line. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Someone loves you, and you're just like, okay, yeah, she's talking about herself. <laughs> we talked about recently, too, I think the newer episodes are starting to just, like, embrace, like, callbacks just for, like, a sight gag or just for, like, you know, uh, uh, fan service. And mm-hmm. I gotta say, it's really working on me. Yeah, it, it's it's fun. It's it's a fun gift to uh, the longtime viewers. I know, because you think about it, like, as a kid, when a celebrity showed up, you know, like, uh, a Dustin Hoffman showed up that's like a one-off thing you'll never see that character get anything like even because he drives away and you realize like well it's animation they could just like draw them in the background and why don't they just do that more yeah that would be fun to just like every episode see like a new character like uh oh there's uh lurleen lumpkin they have actually done that with lauren though yeah that's true but it's always sad though because she's always like an alcoholic in the background like uh unemployment lines (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was seeing about this the other day where um you know they've taken off like the michael jackson episode on disney plus Mm-hmm. And now I think they're going to probably just because James Woods is a real loon, like I bet they'll just like take the episode that James Woods did the voice on. Oh, yeah, that would make sense because, yeah, he is not great. So here's what I'm proposing. Let me just get on the knee real quick. Um, okay, I'm ready to propose. Ready? All right. So keep those episodes, but just recast them. So now it's not Michael Jackson and make the big guy like Taylor Swift or, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. So And then just have, have the uh, redo the lines. You edit out the bad music, you know, the, the album and just have like, you know, who's ever popular of the day? Like right now, you know? That's yeah, it could be like a. <laughs> <laughs> it could be uh you know uh megan the stallion and cardi b and uh <laughs> yeah just i like the idea <laughs> yeah lisa and, uh, can be bart can sing about lisa's wet ass pussy <laughs> there you go stacy we're, we're solving it for for everyone <laughs> solving problems <laughs> and i would like to to also nominate removing james wood's voice and just putting like i don't know like billy eichner yes uh, i i think any <laughs> Any problematic person should just be replaced with Billy Eichner. There we go. We said it yep. here on the podcast. Yep. We're and not just for the Simpsons, just in general. <laughs> so, like, uh, go back to, like, Breakfast at Tiffany's and edit out <laughs> Mickey Rooney's racist Asian stereotype and just CGI in Billy Eichner as Billy Eichner. Yeah. <laughs> that would actually be kind of great. <laughs> it would be. All right. Because, you know, Audrey Hepburn was on the street waiting for breakfast. <laughs> and, you know, Billy's on the street. There we go. All right, Steve. I love that this episode's great. We're 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 solving problems and not creating them. Yeah. And that's if you can't if you <laughs> can't do nothing, don't be a problem, solve a problem. That's my motto. There we go. So uh back at the Simpsons household, Steve, Lisa's uh sending her new best friend Isabella a little gif of her happily dancing to a text that reads, I'm in. Yay. Uh the next day Lisa and Isabel give the report to the entire school for some reason. <laughs> Um, and while both girls did do their homework, it seems as though they may not see eye to eye. Uh, you notice that too, that, uh, in every, every TV show, there's the report is always given in like the auditorium for like anything. Yeah. And it's always very important. <laughs> and it's funny. Cause like just, yeah, going back to, um, 
because the Bill and Ted movie just came out, so I rewatched the first two. And the first movie ends with them in an auditorium to do the history report. And I'm like, <laughs> it's really weird. Like, you, why, did you ever have any class that said, okay, we're doing the reports in an auditorium? <laughs> no. No. And uh, like a drama class, but. <laughs> That but wasn't it, a report, yeah, that was a play. Exactly. But back to Bill and Ted's, it, it made sense why they did that for a reason, because they had to have that big band epic thing. But yeah. then I found out they actually did film that scene in a classroom, and it was the, the directors and the writers, they're like, we need to make it more epic, so let's put it in the gymnasium. <laughs> so I guess they, that makes sense. Yeah. There's your uh, Bill and Ted update on this podcast. That we've Have we talked about Bill and Ted before? I don't know, but I got to say it's pretty most excellent. Yes. That uh, new movie also excellent and it was the thing we needed in this time when everything's so depressing to have something so sweet yeah it's it's so pure and you're right so sweet it's it's a great movie it's just all around like joyful yep and uh all right well that's it for this week of uh, bill and ted's excellent podcast later dudes be excellent to each other we 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 are (laughs) okay um hey i have a clip from the simpsons you want to hear that i guess Franklin Roosevelt bravely instituted a series of reforms called the New Deal. Which ran totally counter to America's tradition of limited government. P.S. It was also unconstitutional. Oh? Um, FDR's steadfast leadership also helped America win World War II. Until the weak-kneed Democrats sold us out at Yalta. If you haven't guessed, Lisa, I'm a Republican. A Lincoln Republican? Not really. A Reagan Republican? Keep going. First President Bush? Getting there. Oh, dear God. (laughs) I must say, Lisa, it was amusing to see you thoroughly de-high-horsed. That isn't a word. Ooh, back on the saddle she climbs. I just can't believe someone like you would be a Republican. I mean, isn't your last name Gutierrez? Just what exactly are you saying? I'm just saying that people of your heritage, which could be any one of many heritages, I'm not pigeonholing. <laughs> Is it a Catholic thing? I'm a non-observant Jew from Argentina. Like a rumba. Real quick, Steve, we're some fun quotes there. The uh, when Lisa's saying, well, Lincoln, Republican, Reagan. <laughs> first bush and then oh no it's the second bush man if uh lisa can see uh the republican party now <laughs> although she has because she's commented before in fact uh, i think uh, she wants to say something real quick our president really is a gooey republican child i mean that's that's pretty tame to say that right do you think trump is a gooey republican child well, I mean, not to get political, but he does. Uh, he is Republican, so that checks off that box. Okay. He does sometimes, um, you know, act like a child. Right. And, you know, I'm seeing that uh, him back that ass up on the golf course. Uh, <laughs> he's a little gooey. All right. Even though we're not a political podcast, uh, we firmly believe. No Trump. Exactly. Like a rumba. But it is funny how uh, far the Republican Party has come. <laughs> you know, the- five years. <laughs> I know, because uh, I could go for a, a George W.H. Bush <laughs> Republican Party right about now. <laughs> yeah, they were dumb and a little evil, but not so much so. I mean, this pandemic probably would have been handled a little bit better. Yeah, I think that if we had, you know, Yorkshire Terriers taking care of it, it'd be handled a little bit better. But I say we need to go back to uh, an, the older Republicans when they're just, you know, clashy castles. All right. <laughs> um, and then the second part of the clip I like too with uh, Lisa kind of skirting around 
stereotypes that a lot of uh, liberals, you know, would view on onto the GOP. I I love that line of uh, uh, what about your last name? I mean, it represents <laughs> any rich any number of rich cultures. <laughs> yes, whatever it is, I'm not gonna. <laughs> and it's it's a Catholic thing. It's also a very funny line. Well, we just heard Bart saying, "Like a rumba." But uh, she had to, uh, Isabel had to correct Bart. Well, she didn't think Bart knew what uh, Icaramba actually meant. And Bart thinks that it's, there's a caramba in his eye. <laughs> but Steve, do you know what really it is? Hot damn, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's hot damn. Oh, oh Icaramba! Okay. So that means that up until Isabel told him, Bart never knew what Icaramba meant. I always thought it meant, I'd like to come. <laughs> so Bart's been just saying, I'd like to come. Every time he says, Icaramba. Yes, that's canon. Are you Go sure back you want from to... the beginning. <laughs> and every time he says I caramba, what he really means is... I'd like to come. He also could be saying this. Kiss my balls. So back in Lisa's bedroom, we see Lisa has her math, history, science textbooks uh, next to her. And she's studying the extra credit book, which mm-hmm. I guess is a thing. And, and Marge expresses concern because her daughter is doing homework, but she's not happy. Oh, no. So Lisa confines in her mother that her new best friend isn't what she thought. She's a re- 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 Republican. Lisa continues that the conservative party is destroying the world. Uh, but Marge laughs at this and takes her daughter up to the attic. Well, once there, Lisa shown a scrapbook entitled, I love X. Marge loves the 80s. And inside we see young Republican Marge hanging a banner over the bed that reads, Reagan Bush, Morning in America. And Lisa is stunned, but Marge explains that it was a crazy time. And then we see pictures, uh, the famous picture of Nancy Reagan sitting on Mr. T's laps as he's, of course, dressed as Santa. And a picture I don't remember of uh, Alf receiving the Medal of Freedom from George Bush. As funny (laughs) as that is, I feel like uh, there's been actual real funnier people that got the Medal of Freedoms in this country. Not a political podcast. (laughs) Craig, I may have a blender for you. Oh, yeah. So Marge was said to have voted for Reagan, but she would have been at least 48 for this to be true, or at least 52 to vote for him in the 80, in 1980. However, Marge is only 39. Hmm. Also, it previously has been mentioned that she voted for Jimmy Carter, although she could have voted for Carter in 80 and Reagan in 84. Huh. In 1980, she was six years old and voted for Reagan? Hmm. Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. Of course, based on all the uh, orange buffoon in the office, he's telling his party to cheat and vote twice. So Republicans probably wanted six-year-olds to vote for them. Yep, I think you might be right. All right. Well, all this nostalgia makes uh, Marge want to revisit one of her favorite bands from the 80s. You don't hear me listening to the Thompson Twins anymore. Although... Going through a phase? All right, eighties party. Where's the beef? Tear down that wall because I think the beef is behind that wall. Hmm. Hmm. Now get up here, boy. We're gonna do the Super Bowl shuffle. No, you never let me be Mike Singletary. Fine, you're Mike Singletary. Enjoy your mediocre coaching career. My name is Homer. I'm a real full back. Gonna run that ball. Don't want no flack. If you try to run, you get a heart attack. Well, you let off. Hey, big man. Got no trouble. I'm just here to do the Super Bowl. Shuffle. 
So some references from that episode, you know, we had the Thompson twins. We had Where's the Beef from the famous Wendy's ad, Tear Down this Wall from Reagan telling Gorbachev to tear down the wall. Um, and the Super Bowl Shuffle, which was a uh, very popular song for the Chicago Bears. Steve, I've always called you the Michael Singletary of his podcast. Well, it makes sense because he was a, he did play college football for the Baylor Bears. And then he went on to play for the Chicago Bears. And, From uh, uh, 81 to 92. And uh, yeah, he was a coach for uh, the Ravens for a year, the Niners for a couple of years. He's the head coach for the Memphis Express in 2019. Steve, the Memphis Express is a Alliance of American Football. I thought it was a terrain. <laughs> I've never heard of <laughs> Alliance of American Football. Wow, very, very much a mediocre career. But uh, he's still... Uh, was in the Super Bowl shot full, so and he's known as Samurai Mike. There you go. I'm gonna start calling you Samurai Steve. Alrighty. No, uh, I said Sam. Deadly. Are I Steve? <laughs> Sam or am I Steve? <laughs> hmm. So they're in the attic and they have the uh, infamous giant uh, head that Mr. Burns purchased for them. Mm-hmm. How did they get that in there in that little tiny hole? That's true because usually it lives in the basement, which also Maybe. seems like a feat, but more accomplishable. Maybe you can attach and reattach it maybe it's maybe it's in parts maybe or maybe like they have like a side window that they can <laughs> or maybe it's one of those times like uh, homer destroyed half the house and they're like yeah let's just uh, we gotta rebuild the attic so let's just put this up there yeah it's an episode we haven't seen yet it's from the uh or, is, or they, they filmed it off off camera it happened off That's camera right. steve <laughs> yeah <laughs> all those adventures they're having without showing us it's such a bummer i mean hopefully <laughs> they they'll reveal the uh the b-sides someday <laughs> yeah. so as homer takes his choked out unconscious son downstairs march tells lisa that people's views change over time so you know bobby kennedy worked for joe mccarthy and larry david was on fridays mm-hmm. uh, march continues saying that isabel is only eight and she grows up surprising things will happen to her body of, of beliefs Oh. And she always need a friend. That's right. So at the school library the next day, Lisa is perusing the book Conservative Women from Queen Victoria to Victoria Jackson <laughs> when she runs into Isabel. They're both eager to apologize. Listen, I'm really sorry about... No, it's okay. My mom says you're just going through a liberal phase. What? My mom says you're going through a conservative phase. There's no such thing. Conservatives only get more conservative because every year they get a little further through Atlas Shrugged. Listen, we're both eight years old. Can't we just play Monopoly or something? My father owns a Monopoly. Did you go through a conservative phase? Never. Um, I did go through a book reading phase where I bought some Ayn Rand books and I found them <laughs> awful and boring. I'll, I'll admit I did go through a conservative phase. Was it because of family ties? Yeah, it actually was. I wanted to be <laughs> Alex B. Keaton when I was six years old. That tracks, yeah. And uh, I think I liked George H.W. Bush when I was a kid just because uh, of Dana Carvey's impersonation of him. Not gonna die. Yeah, I was okay with Bush. But then when I just saw how cool liberals are when uh, Clinton came around, I'm like, Mommy, what's a blowjob? <laughs> Wait, I was like, how old was I when Clinton was president? I was like 10. <laughs> Do you think I know what a blowjob was when I was 10? I don't know. Probably not. No. I, I knew probably what, knew the word, but. Yeah, I knew what fucking was. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, I was. Bra- <laughs> that I was bragging about that. <laughs> like, like, really defensively, too, to you. Like, Steve, what I was telling you what fucking was? Jealous? Jealous? No. Like, if you went through some trauma, I'm sorry. <laughs> I knew what. I'd like to come. Meant. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So I think that was my uh, my foray into politics because Alex B. Keaton always wore suits too, and I remember I like I want a suit like Alex B. Keaton. Yeah, I do remember when I was like. 
probably like nine or ten. They used to show the Rush Limbaugh TV show on yeah. at like eleven at night, and I'd watch it. And he just seemed so angry that I was fascinated. I didn't know what he was talking about, but like yeah. just the fact that there's a person going on TV talking about things that I have no idea what they are, and he's so angry about them was really interesting to me. So I remember doing a report in I was my senior year of high school, and it was because it was the 2000 election was coming up, and we had to do we kind of had I think one of the reports was we had to pick a candidate that we thought was the best choice to be president of the United States. Mm-hmm. So this would have been a year before, I think, or the race was coming up. Yeah, so it would have been like a year into, you know, getting whoever the nominees were. And uh, I got to say, I was uh, <laughs> the one I chose to do the report on was uh, John McCain. That's uh, pretty reasonable. So, and then of course we know uh, uh, Bush, of course, won the presidency, and then. But uh, I, I just uh, thing with McCain is I, I was on the wrong side of history because he's he's a big loser, Steve. That's right, and we don't like losers to get captured. No, no, they're suckers, Steve. They're suckers. Suckers and fools. Uh, Steve and I are being sarcastic. Yeah, and uh, our views of the president and the troops do not align of our views on this podcast. That's right. Uh, we support the troops, but and, not the wars. Well, the Star Wars, maybe. Yeah. Battle of the Network Stars. That's <laughs> um, the war that I'm down for. War of the Worlds? The, Soda the, Wars? The, 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 the Cola Wars, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, let's talk about the TV show. <laughs> well, as the two girls embrace, the water bottle spout in a nearby hamster cage turns, revealing itself to be a camera, providing a live feed for the young girls, <laughs> the Springfield Republican Party, which is now, at the time, 28% wacko free. And it is unclear of the political standings of Yakko or Dodd. But I'm going to assume that they're libertarian. Um, inside the creepy conser- conservative uh, enclave, we see Springfield's most powerful Republicans, such as Krusty the Clown, the rich Texan, Dracula, Rainy Wolf Castle, Mr. Burns, uh, Smoking Birch Barlow, and... Speaking of Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, Super Nintendo Chalmers? I didn't know that he was Republican. No. Maybe that was a few episodes ago. He wouldn't let Marge into his house because of uh, pictures on his wall. Maybe right. it was all, uh, Republican uh, pictures of Reagan. And, she, and he knew that uh, she was a huge fan of Reagan. <laughs> and so uh, when she goes in there, she'll just be jilling off and not get her work done. <laughs> Because of how sexy Reagan is. Right? You jerked off to Walter Mondale. <laughs> I mean, Michael Dukakis did look pretty good in that tank. His name is Dukakass. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the Republicans have a plan for young Miss Gutierrez. That young filly is exactly the kind of candidate we need to start recruiting. She's a young, dynamic Latina. Yeehaw! I said that just right. Without the Hispanic vote, even Texas is poised to turn blue. Blue! Yeah, we must reach her and groom her before she fattens up like Chris Christie. He thinks GOP stands for gravy on pancakes. (laughs) (laughs) But despite my mirthful remarks, obesity is no laughing matter. Couple things in that clip I like. Uh, so, Rich Texan correctly pronouncing Latina. What was he really <laughs> saying, Steve? <laughs> I don't <laughs> actually know. don't. Don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever it was, I'm sure it was racist. Yeah. <laughs> um. And uh, <laughs> when uh, Dracula was like, uh, uh, Texas could turn blue, and you know what? That is almost a slight possibility in the current political climate that we're it's in. It's true. If that if Texas turned blue, it would be it'd be really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um. I have some friends in Texas who are fighting hard to make that happen. Uh. Best of luck to them. You're, you're welcome, Steve. Thanks, Jim. Yeah. No, it's, it's Gary. Oh, sorry, Gary. You and Jim look just so much like. <laughs> well, we are twins. That's true. 
I'm Gary and, and Jim from Indiana. You're from Texas. We, well, yeah, we live in Texas, but we're, we're from Indiana. Right, right. Gary, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I better get going. Uh, there's a storm coming. Oh, a no. political storm. <laughs> I'll I stay th- safe there. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye. All right, I'm back. Uh, Welcome back, Craig. How's, how's it going? Oh, good. What, what's going on? Well, our next act begins with Dewey Largo at a table underneath a banner that reads, Reppy the Reptile says, don't crawl under a rock, run for class rep. And uh, Lisa cannot resist those magical three words, sign up sheet. As she nominates herself for class representative, Lisa sees that Isabel, of course, is also running. And is so is Ralph. But just call him Ralph Nader, even though he doesn't know why. I feel like they could have made a joke about Ralph Nader and the word Nader and the word Nadir, which means, when it's spelled with an I, it means the bottom rung or the worst of something. Yeah. And it seemed like a missed opportunity, but I could be wrong. Oh, there was a joke earlier that I thought they could have done too this goes all to the way back in the opening when lisa's singing one mm-hmm. all the sports equipment was chasing dewey largo and he's like oh i'm being chased by sports equipment right right and they were all balls it should have been like oh i'm being chased by all these balls i don't know yeah. i'm <laughs> surrounded by balls yeah <laughs> not so bad so lisa runs up to isabel letting her know that she wants this race to be all about the issues uh, specifically the same se- same sex field trip buddies providing mm-hmm. class pets <laughs> stop there <laughs> So on field trips, like Skinner's like requesting that your field uh, field trip buddy has to be the opposite sex. He's yeah, trying to that's... hook up all the kids. <laughs> you um, know, Ralph, you and uh, Sherry, good couple. You're yeah, sitting next to each other. So this is what's going to happen then uh, when a uh, spoilers Isabel becomes the uh, uh, class president or representative. Mm-hmm. That bill will pass for same sex field trip buddies and who will be same sex field trip buddies oh boy that's right a one nelson munson martin prince if you've never listened to this podcast before we've had a theory that in the future nelson and martin will become uh an item a couple yeah they'll get married to each other yeah it'll be awesome yeah we look forward to that they're also um talking about the issues which of course we said the same sex field trip buddies and providing class pets with a path to citizenship and uh, as nelson who we just talked about points out uh, no digging up past relationships <laughs> yep uh, the bully then explains that him and lisa's uh, tawdry past assuming that isabel's researchers were already fully aware of their history though this is the first time that isabel is hearing about this information uh, nelson then lifts up his shirt to show his tattoo <laughs> of himself nailed to a cross jay christ style with the word lisa on top of the cross and if you look at the tattoo the tattoo has a tattoo of the same tattoo and so on and so on to infinity so not only did he get a tattoo he got a tattoo within the tattoo and so on he keeps saying tattoo and i want to hear to plane to plane i know <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's got an infinite tattoo yeah just like the infinity loop of jesus's life <laughs> Oh, that's deep. Okay, uh, so Lisa asks her former fuck buddy about uh, when he last washed his stomach, but he retorts that she is no longer allowed to inquire about uh, his bathing habits. So that means that at one point she did ask him about when he washed his tummy last. Well, yeah, which makes I mean, me wonder, why did his tummy get so dirty? But... I'd like to come. Exactly. <laughs> like a rumba. Uh, we've gotten filthy and stupid. <laughs> Before we were just stupid. 
Uh, so Isabel opens up her locker to find that Mr. Burns has crammed himself inside. He wants to speak to the lass, so he takes her to Phineas Hugh Butterfat's ice cream parlor. Burns, along with the rest of the Republican elite, tell Isabel that she is the future of the party and they can't allow her to lose. After the old billionaire speaks fondly of the Spanish Inquisition, what a show, and the delightful Franco years, uh, Isabel is more confused than ever. Krusty takes a turn. Move over! I know how to talk to kids! We want to give you a little present. A tainted victory that will haunt you forever. I'd rather do this myself. But who'd own you then? You couldn't buy me with a wheelbarrow full of ice cream. Oh, nicely done. You've charmed another one right into the arms of the Libertarian Party. Maybe we can help her without her knowing we're helping her. No one says I can't buy a second grade election. Why, I had enough money to fix People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive. Most of the money went to convincing them that I was alive. Who ordered the Yumboni? Right here. Now, Smithers, I want you to eat this for me, describe every taste, and don't forget the brain freeze. Sir, I am lactose intolerant. And I'm back talk allergic, so start eating. All right, so here on the podcast, we like to sample food that's presented on The Simpsons. So, Steve, uh, just open the door to the hallway real quick. I got a surprise for you. <gasps> oh. Yeah, eat all that fucking ice cream, you bitch. Okay. Steve, you're lactose intolerant. No, I don't care. It tastes <coughs> good. Um. <coughs> no, it's fine. Okay. Well, lactose intolerant doesn't mean you die from, like, choking. <laughs> That's what it sounds like is going on. Oh, no, I just ate it too fast and I was... Oh, the brain freeze thing, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Ah! Tip of the tongue on the roof of the mouth. Tip of the tongue on the roof of the mouth. Oh. Like a rumba! Right. A couple of things. The uh, squeaky voice teen coming in with the wheelbarrow <laughs> yeah. and just turning right around. Reminds me of a grandpa coming into the uh, sex cauldron and walking around when he sees Bart. Exactly. And then also I like, uh, it's a very Simpson-y joke, but the thing about uh, Burns being on the uh, People's Magazine Sexiest People Live <laughs> and convincing people that he was alive is the hardest point. Yeah. I do like that he, he can buy a second grade's election too. <laughs> yeah. Back at home, uh, Bart and Lisa are headed to school. Marge tells Bart that she'll pick him up to go to karate lessons. But after a month and a half, Bart has figured out that Sensei Weinstein is actually a psychiatrist. <laughs> I like that joke. And uh, Marge is just happy not to have Bart to her problem for, you know, only 45 minutes. That's right. Uh, so Lisa opens the door to find that the school bus has a large banner that reads, Vote Isabel. But once on board, Otto explains that despite the paid ad, he is strictly middle of the road, which he then proves by driving <laughs> in the middle of the road, literally horrifying the other drivers. <laughs> I enjoyed that uh, little sight gag. <laughs> and so once they arrive at school, Lisa discovers that her opponent has managed even more promotion with stairs of uh, the learning institution reading Step Up for Isabel and the school itself changed to Springfield Isabel Elementary School and a flag <laughs> that says Viva Isabel. It's interesting. It's almost like all the fame that uh, AOC got, but she's Republican. Yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking too. And this was before uh, AOC kind of uh, was uh, making the, the political rounds, you know, becoming pretty popular. Yeah, she was probably still uh, in college. Yeah. Or bartending, yeah. She's smart and powerful, and I respect her a lot. Uh, Lisa greets her friend-slash-rival, wanting to know what's going on. Isabel explains that it isn't her doing, but that the Republican Party is grooming her. In walks the likeness of the Peanuts character Pigpen, who says, <laughs> Grooming? Yuck. 
It's a nice little one-off. I love that. <laughs> um, Isabel continues saying that it's out of her head, and as a Supreme Court says spending money is an act of free speech, which is a real thing. Yeah, anyways, uh, the Brainy Simpson daughter offers that Isabella could use her uh, free speech to denounce the institution of big money into the election. And Isabel will think it's over during her uh, listening tour of the cafeteria. She then hops in a red wagon with the sign saying, vote Isabel, and is hauled off by Waylon Smithers. So Lisa, feeling upset, is getting a pretend wasted by bartender Maggie. She asks for another drink, but the younger Simpsons girl won't allow it. Lisa points out that the drinks are imaginary. She then drunkenly flirts with a teddy bear before grabbing a trench coat and a fedora, stumbling away. Maggie uh, then makes a drawing of her sister and posts it under some chloroforms that spell out, do not serve. I thought that was so cute. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> so uh, I love uh, bartender Maggie. Yeah, that seems so... She's telling a teddy bear that uh, she'll see him later. What's she going to do with that teddy bear, Steve? I got to assume she's going to fuck it. <laughs> see, that's where my mind went to as well. But then I decided to uh, take a step back and get rid of the dirtiness of my mind. And I thought she's going to cuddle with it later because that's what eight-year-old girls do with teddy bears, Steve. They cuddle them. That's right. Until they learn that they can hunt it. Um, <laughs> sorry. Let's cut that out. Um, yeah, you you're probably cut right. cut that out. <laughs> yeah, I know. You won't. <laughs> In fact, it'll be the headliner of this podcast. <laughs> it'll just be in the title description. <laughs> yeah. So still upset and maybe a little horny, uh, Lisa heads to Bart's room where she awakens him by shooting spitwads at him. She needs her brother's help to win the election. I can help, but it's going to get rough. I'm fine with rough. You don't know what rough is. <clears throat> that ain't rough. <clears throat> More like a gentle breeze. <clears throat> Maggie hits harder. <clears throat> Did the goodnight pixie just kiss my cheek? No! <clears throat> oh! Okay, you got my attention. You want to win this election? Then from now on, you do exactly what I say. You got it. First, go make me five pans of brownies. You're just taking advantage of the situation. Hmm, maybe Isabel likes baking. Cakey or gooey? I'll make both. First, we reel them in. Then, we scare the hell out of them. By discussing the school's budget crisis? No, with balls to the head. Do you think it was weird that we didn't play that clip earlier, but he says, I caramba, when Lisa wakes him up and like he, the way he said it sounded kind of like, I caramba. Yeah. Like that's his dream is his sister. There's a weird, <laughs> I don't want to say it out loud. I don't want to admit it because it's wrong, but I just felt like there's a weird tension between Lisa and Barth throughout this whole episode. <laughs> yeah. Am I wrong? Like, you no, noticed it, right? Yeah, there's some sort of sexual tension going on. Oy vey. <laughs> um, also, the bit with uh, Lisa slapping Bart, uh, aside from being, you know, a little hot, um, no, it's a, it's a Tommy Boy joke. Yeah. Like, oh, is there a wind blowing? And, you know, he hits him <laughs> and then they're back at the restaurant and he's like, is there a thing on my face? Hurts here. Not here, not here. And the waitress comes up. Jesus, what happened to your face? Sorry. Welcome to uh, Tommy Boy Podcast, episode 383. Steve's discussing a scene. That's right. Then they, uh, Richard orders the shrimp, and uh, Tommy wants wingy. But uh, Helen, she looks like a Helen, tells him that the uh, oven is off and they can't get the wings. But then when he explains that he's like, Jojo is a little circus boy. I can go on, but I won't. This has been your episode of Tommy Boy with Steve. We'll see you next week. That guy in a little coat. All right, so we go to the school gym where the boys are dominating the game of bombardment. bombardment. Uh, the dodgeballs have Isabel's face taped to them, so those hit by the projectiles will associate Tommy Payne with Isabel. Smart. Bart and Milhouse further help Lisa by conducting a mock debate. Mock debate. <laughs> are you Australian now? <laughs> 
mock today. Mock debate, mate. Michael Caine, <laughs> mock debate. <laughs> no. Barton Milhouse further helpfully said by conducting a mock debate. <laughs> Though that could just be an excuse for Bart to wear a wig while portraying Isabel. He does love wearing wigs. Yep. Miss Simpson, your platform calls for the creation of a student-run garden. Organic gardening is an essential part of 21st century education, teaching both hands-on... And what programs would you cut to pay for this precious garden of yours? The new Wiffle Bats? Pizza Friday? <gasps> Not Pizza Friday! Sorry, Lisa, you lose again. <coughs> you gotta get on your game, sister. You think I'm tough? Wait till Gutierrez sinks her teeth into you. Remember, you got an ace in the hole. Chocolate milk in the water fountains. That's impossible. We've already had the best plumbers in the city look into it. Hey, we'll worry about that after you're elected. Okay, can I say a dumb moment real quick in my childhood? Sure. <laughs> so when they just mentioned, like, chocolate milk in the water fountains, mm -hmm. I remember when I was in elementary school, remember when, like, people were running for student council, they would always say, I'm going to demand for vending machines in every single classroom, or just, like, stupid things that a kid can't have any control over. <laughs> yeah. And I remember... Someone said, and we're going to have soda fountains in the cafeteria. And my dumb little brain didn't know what a, the soda fountain was. <laughs> I actually <laughs> thought they meant like, literally it's like a drinking fountain where you just put a button, which yeah, that's what a soda fountain is. But like, like, but the, you're drinking, like a water the water fountain. Like the water fountains that you'd go up to. And so instead of water being in the water fountains, it was soda. And I was like, I'm voting for that candidate because I want Coca-Cola pumping out of the water fountains. It is more reasonable logistically to have soda coming from the water fountain than chocolate milk because you got to worry about spoilage and a whole <laughs> yeah. bunch of issues. But soda, it's, it could be done. All right, Steve, let's look into this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're we're going to uh, implement soda fountains in all schools, and Coca-Cola will, <laughs> will uh, sponsor it. This is perfect. Feed the kid the sugar water, right? They don't need real I, water. Yeah, I mean, I could see that actually happening. <laughs> <laughs> also, I've, I don't know if I said it before, but uh, chocolate milk is gross. I don't know that we've talked about this, but uh, I don't disagree with you. Like, when I was a kid and they had the option of, like, just regular milk or chocolate milk, I always grabbed the regular milk. I just don't care that much for milk in general. We're adults now. We shouldn't be drinking milk. Yeah. Don't you hate it when you're watching, like, a movie or TV show and, like, the adult is drinking milk with the kids? Yeah. It, fuck. <laughs> like, even, sicko. like, I know that people, like, do it with, like, cookies or cake, but I'd rather have coffee with both those things. Hmm. And You're right. Like, dip an Oreo into a cup of coffee with a little bit of cream. That's that's heaven right there, buddy. Or you know what? Just eat the fucking Oreo. Why do you need to dip it? It's true. But right. yeah, chocolate milk is weird. It's uh, <laughs> I know there's a, like the urban legends about how it's the bloody milk that they just cover with like chocolate to make it, which I don't think is true. Yeah, I've heard it was like it's like the dirty milk, like it's brown. Usually, they farmers threw it away, but they're like, what's that chocolate? I don't know if it's true. It's probably not. I don't think so. But yeah, there's a guy who comes to my store, oh, and gross. he he comes he's in the store, store for literally twenty minutes. And he looks at like the beer, the wine, all the food. And every night he just buys a quart of chocolate milk. <sighs> Gross. Weird. Yeah. As Lisa lies in bed worrying about the election, Bart comes in confident and whistling. And he shows Lisa a video of her opponent riding on her bike with, get this, Steve, <gasps> training wheels. Oh, no. Yeah. Not only that, but she falls and cries like a little child she is. <laughs> and uh, this causes Lisa to put her fingers together in the style of C. Montgomery Birds saying the word 
Excellent. Realizing the evil she is emulating, she quickly unties her finger. Well, Craig, some trivia about that. Sure. Uh, this is the uh, second time that she has uh, tented her fingers and said, excellent. Uh, the, the first time, well, yeah. that was a little big mom where she tricked Homer and Bart into thinking they had leprosy. Yeah. You know, Lisa was a real jerk in that episode. Whoa. That's <laughs> harsh, but fair. I should have uh, said Lisa was a real <laughs> in that episode. <laughs> I didn't even know that her, that Bart had kids. He said aunt, right? Anyways, uh, so Lisa wants to win, but not like this. And for that reason, she's forced to fire her brother. Bart goes to Maggie's um, imaginary bar and asks for the toddler bartender to leave the make-believe bottle. And much like his sister, Bart gets a little horny when pretending to drink and declares that he might just fuck that stuffed pig by the end of the night. Hey, don't call Lisa a a stuffed pig. Well, she's not stuffed yet. Uh, let's cut to the first 37 debates before the elementary school elections. That's a lot of debates, Steve. The first graders discuss who is a booger head and who will try to rise above petty name calling. Steve, by the way, you're a booger head. I'm not a booger head. You're a booger head. <laughs> um, and Super Nintendo Chalmers says that uh, the vote doesn't matter as both children are losers. And next up, the second graders. Now, the second grade debate between Isabel Gutierrez and Lisa Simpson. Sounds weird. Mm. Ivy A.G., Frank Marino, Glenn Gloyd. These are men who fought at Omaha Beach. And they're the reason I'm running for second grade rep. Dios los bendiga a todos. I'll bet my bologna sandwich that girl's gonna win. Oh, a little rich for my blood, sir. Yes, you can fog a mirror, Seymour, but I wouldn't call you alive. Now, the other candidate, Lisa Simpson. Okay, I'm a liberal. And sometimes that's a dirty word. (laughs) Liberal. But what liberal really means is someone who believes that those who have more than enough should share a little with those who don't. And those principles have consistently been in place during this country's most prosperous times. So if that's a liberal, then I am a liberal and hang me. And just then, an outline of a noose surrounds Lisa's head. But Mr. Lago explains this is just a prop for the play, an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge. I thought that was a great uh, <laughs> visual gag. Oh, <laughs> I think one of my favorite jokes in this episode is, uh, some say liberal is a dirty word and the boys laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> liberal. Why, I should probably bleep you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> also, I love Chalmers' Lisa Simpson. <laughs> and then uh, a few seconds later, he correctly pronounces her name yeah <laughs> i like the uh, line too about her describing what a liberal is i think that really kind of speaks to what i believe liberalism is about is helping those those who have more helping those who have less yeah I don't know. so we then head to our final act where lisa is fast asleep dreaming she walks into the democratic party pantheon which features some lofty idols like the four freedoms the new deal the new frontier and then she's greeted by the spirits of democrats such as michael dukakis walter mondale and john Kerry. wait a minute steve huh those are all losers that's right mr mondale warns lisa i'm afraid you're heading for a loss lisa and when we lose we lose big what about obama harry truman bill clinton lisa you're a lot like me Play the saxophone, come from a small town, raised by a mother with no help. So do you know how I can win? I don't even know why I'm a ghost. All these guys are alive. John Kerry here, Secretary of State, doing a bang-up job. Well, we still have a long way to go on Asian currency issues. Absolutely. And Lisa, I'm only appearing in this dream so I can visit with you about the Clinton Global Initiative. 
See, our mission is to turn ideas into action and to find innovative solutions that will help. Hey, 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 you can't fall asleep in a dream. I'm going to disagree with Bill Clinton there. I have fallen asleep in a dream. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have too. Yeah, I've had dreams where I'm like, where I'm like, okay, I just want to go back to sleep. In my dream, I'm trying to go back to sleep. And then I do go back to sleep. <laughs> so uh, Bill Clinton, you're full of lies, buddy. We're on to you. Yeah. And how about those flight logs, huh? What did you do on the plane with Simpsons creator Matt Groening? Or is it Groening? He probably was. So Lisa wakes, knowing what she needs to do. She gives Isabel a call. But uh, before we can hear what she's saying, we cut to sleeping Homer, who is having the same dream as Lisa, also being bored by Clinton explaining his initiative. Homer uh, laments that Tricky Bill used to be fun, but the former president counters that Kevin Costner used to be a movie star. Ooh, burn. Yeah. Well, uh, Chalmers introduces the ladies for their final debate. And now for their final debate, please welcome Ali um, Lisa... Lisa uh, Simpson, yes, and uh, Isabel Adolfo Guzman Lopez Gutierrez. Uh, ladies? Ah. I just want to say I don't care about politics, electioneering, or negative campaigning. If my friend Lisa wins, so be it. Es un honor estar aquí contigo, Lisa. And I also want to say that if. Time's up. But I... Stop showboating. As students step inside the school to vote, Willie takes down the election banner and places it with other banners from past school events, such as... Whacking Day, school closed, from the episode Whacking Day. Congratulations, Bart, on being a genius, from Bart the Genius. The new funzos are here, from Grift of Magi. Hey, we reviewed that episode. Yeah, it was a fun episode. Gary Coleman. And Coping with the Dome, <laughs> the Simpsons movie. Or how you deal with your daily life, Steve. <laughs> because <laughs> i'm bald yeah yeah um so <laughs> after announcing the tainted greek salad has given several students michael dukakis nightmares love that line uh, skinner is ready to give the election results due to jelly on the ballots the first grade race has been deemed inconclusive hmm. as far as second grade rep it's now well, it's isabella gutierrez lisa gives her opponent the best while burns and smithers drop balloons to celebrate though the party favors prove to be heavy for the old businessman sending him to the hospital in an ambulance <laughs> and uh if they remove the balloons he will die <laughs> that's right were you trying to listen to when skinner was giving the announcements he was going to the third grade and he gets to the fourth grade and i can't hear it but then he goes bart like bart yes. rigged the fourth grade elections with i heard like like maybe like wiener or something like that that's all i could really make out yeah so i'm looking at the closed captioning now I know that he says that no votes for the third grade. And yeah, it's hard to read it. But yeah, it sounds like it just says Simpson. Yeah. And then he's crying. Oh, uh, yeah. And so, yeah, it seems like Bart did rig the fourth grade representative election. You know, he probably said. Kiss my balls. So Lisa sits alone on the swings and Bart walks up to her. She apologizes for firing him. He's okay with things as things are looking up for him, mainly because him and the stuffed pig are getting serious. Yeah, the pig also looked a little beat up, so Bart's been fucking that pig. Yeah. I'll I'll allow that maybe Lisa is just cuddling that that teddy bear, but Bart straight Bart, up fucking. But yeah, Bart yeah, is yeah. railing that swine's ass. <laughs> and maybe mouth. Yeah. Well, anyways, Milhouse tries to cheer up Lisa by showing her the exit polls, which is what he calls his dick. That's our dirtiest episode. <laughs> no, probably not. Probably not. No. Um, 
So they show that the voters found Lisa to be a pointy-haired know-it-all, but they all agreed with her policies. At 53% would vote for a liberal, just not Lisa. They love her ideas, just not her. And that's half the battle. G.I. Joe. <laughs> which is pretty much true about all liberals. <laughs> so, hey, before we go, Steve, let's just look into the future like we seem to be doing on these episodes lately. That's right. Hello, I'm Elder Anderson Cooper. Welcome to our first debate between Republican Isabel Gutierrez and Lisa Simpson, representing the Democratic Robot Zombie Coalition. First question, Ms. Simpson, what would you do to get America out of Afghanistan? I'd just throw in the towel and make it a state. That's our girl. Well, that was our episode, Steve. The ends with uh, Homer in the future watching the TV with his counterpart from the Musicville couch gag. It's all canon, right? Yeah, it all comes full circle. I do like the uh, the end where, eh, let's throw in the towel and make it a state. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll still be in Afghanistan then. So oh, looking definitely. forward to, uh, you know, having uh, probably at that point, like the 53rd state. All right. Can't wait to see what that looks like on our Confederate flag. Exactly. <sighs> We're so fucked. Well, Steve, I'll leave you with one fun thing. No Trump. Thank you. Shit! You're nuts in my face. <laughs> All right, Craig, let's uh, take a break and we'll come back and we'll uh, talk about this episode. Okay. We'll be right back. back steve let's wrap up this week's episode with our review maybe some external reviews and of course our fun little sight gags or quotes steve we like to start off with some visual gags here what did you see that made you lol or ah uh, or think hard about your life um this was kind of a more of an oral episode rather than visual for me of course you could grab a lot of the visuals from the uh, Silly Symphony. Yeah. Or Symphony, rather. That could be fun. I do like the Lifetime collection of books. And I think that'd be a fun t-shirt to have, um, you know, the uh, the sexual politics of square dancing <laughs> as a t-shirt. Quick aside, when you were in elementary school, did you ever have a unit on square dancing? No, we didn't. We spent like two weeks learning how to square dance. And I don't know why. Did give you guys something to do? Like, for some reason... You can only do the parachute once a year. Why can't you do that every? Although I think it's because it was hard to fold up, and that's why the. I guess. <laughs> I like to imagine that my school was so poor that they they had to rent a parachute. The parachute they didn't own it, <laughs> so they funny. could only afford to get it once. Yeah. Uh, um. And maybe a shirt. This is a little weird, but of Mr. Bergstrom buttering some cold vegetables. <laughs> uh, hey, that's uh. Yeah, that was one of my favorite sight gags. Was the Mr. Bergstrom? Yeah, I thought that was a lot of fun. Uh, you could have Nelson's uh, tattoo on a tattoo there it is yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that that's pretty good is getting his tattoo that is also infinite <laughs> on you or as yeah. a t-shirt <laughs> maybe as a t-shirt i think that would work i think that's gonna be my thing it's just nelson on the cross i would buy that shirt but probably it's when funny uh... and uh, sacrilegious <laughs> what about you craig 
the visual stuff like i don't think you really would be on a t-shirt but when she's like so hang me and then there's the shadow of the noose mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe i want that on a t-shirt that's, that's pretty horrible. good yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, why does this guy have a noose around lisa simpson's head <laughs> um <laughs> i like the bergstrom stuff that was my favorite scene i mean you could also have maybe maybe mr burns on the cover of people magazine oh that's good I wouldn't mind like the Springfield Republican Party, like just uh, like a, a group photo of the Republicans of Springfield. <laughs> that's pretty yeah, funny. That's what I want on a t-shirt, maybe. Not Republican like at all, that. but uh, I'll get that. All right. Yeah, I, I think that works. Uh, what about quotes, Craig? Or, or of course, uh, this was off camera, but uh, Bart and Lisa fucking some stuffed animals, maybe. <laughs> I just want to see uh, Bart going full ham on that full <laughs> ham. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's not really a quote, but I think the whole... Uh, Maggie as the bartender. It's really good. That is great. Oh, that's that's my visual. Sorry, that, okay. that's that's one is the uh, the visual of do not serve with uh, Maggie's drawing of Lisa. That's it, hands down. That's my right. picture. I do like the also remember that book too, the conservative women book from Queen Victoria <laughs> to Victoria Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> and quote wise, well, Chalmers was great. He might be the MVJ for this. Just yeah, for, I, I, pronouncing I, Lisa. I think you're totally right. I I love how Rudy was to her like. Yeah. Stop showboating, and then he would just allow uh, <laughs> Isabel to go all out. Well, and he's yeah. a Republican after all, so it's true, as we learned in this yeah. episode. All right, so yeah, there we go. Yeah, I would say that uh, Lisa's quote about liberalism is a good quote, not a funny quote, but just it's good, a good poignant one. You know, Lisa or Lisa, Laura, my wife, had Thanks, an Laura. idea the other day. Is uh, instead of having candidates, we have cats as the candidate figurehead and then they will just list policies so you would vote for like well i would vote for milo but like mr sprinkles or buttons or whatever but you're just voting mostly the idea is you're voting for the policies not the person all right well you don't need to do catch to say there's candidate a candidate b we don't know the names and then when like candidate c wins then it's revealed who it is yeah like oh i voted for donald trump yep <laughs> Because it'll be like some person like, I want soda fountains in every household. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to vote for Adam Carolla because oh, I don't like bracelets and I love stew. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, Steve, uh, Adam Carolla's going to be a guest next week on this podcast. Funny. Uh, all right. Well, before we review, how about uh, we look to see if there's any external reviews? That sounds good, Craig. And I'll have you know, there are exactly two. Cool. Uh, both from the International Movie Database. Um, I will go first with this one from Leslie Harris 30. Uh, they give it an 8 out of 10. Funny parts, but the uh, weakest episode of the season so far. And this is from May 13th, 2014. Also, I noticed that every time that we read a review from the International Movie Database, the spacing of the pasting that I do uh, moves the date over to the username. So we've been adding a number to the username <laughs> every week when it's actually Leslie Harris 30 space 13 May 2014. Maybe we're doing that to keep it anonymous, Steve. Oh yeah, that's right. So Leslie Harris 3020 writes, the kid is all right is a good Simpsons episode with a decent storyline and several funny scenes. It isn't awful, but is without a doubt the weakest episode of the 25th season so far. The episode storyline just really felt repetitive. It had several things we had already seen on the show before. For example, Lisa making a friend that soon become a rival and Lisa running for class president as seen in Lisa's rival and the president wore pearls, which we reviewed. Eva Longoria did a great job in her guest appearance, but I wish they would have given her, given her character more funny and memorable things to say. The kid is all right, is enjoyable while it lasts, but it's very forgetful. 
forgettable, I think would be more appropriate. Forgetful means that it forgets things, but eh, it doesn't matter. Um, Lisa finally makes a new best friend, only to discover she's a Republican and class campaign rival. They gave it an 8 out of 10. To me, that's a really good score. Yeah, that's pretty good. But then they say... It's the weakest episode of the 25th season. So does that mean that every episode of the 25th season, according to Leslie Harris, 303-3284, is a nine or higher? <laughs> sounds like what she say, what they're saying, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, Steve, I'm, I'm on the uh, opposite ends because I got another one from International Movie Database. And this is a, a four out of ten, so that's not Ooh. too good. Yeah. They titled it uh, Eat the Sunday Smithers. It was by uh, Studio at... 33277 we're hiding their uh, name <laughs> they post on the 12th of february 2020 so uh just a few months ago steve yeah uh, lisa goes for class president yes again and this episode that has a very similar plot to episodes gone by what was interesting though is how homer light this episode is and is actually all the better for it <laughs> hey maybe that's why uh they had to add Ooh, spaghetti <laughs> Anyways, uh, they continue their review with, not the best episode, but Burns making a lactose intolerance Smithers eat the Sunday was classic. Not decent enough. I find it interesting that of the episode, regardless of what you think about it, your biggest takeaway was like, man, when Smithers had to eat the ice cream, that was the moment I laughed. <laughs> Smithers has to shit a bunch later. <laughs> All right. Well, how about our review, Steve? Alrighty. Uh, would you like to go first? You know, this is an episode where, again, we talked about it before, the trope of Lisa getting a new friend and finding the faulty of that friend. I got to say, though, I kind of enjoy this episode, especially the current political climate that we're in right now. And also, like, Lisa dealing with, like, the George W. Bush Republicans at that time. Like, that's what uh, Isabella is representing. And I think at that time, and, you know, looking back and now, it's like, could the GOP get any worse? That's my bad Chandler impersonation. <laughs> but see, I like the idea. Like, they haven't really done uh, Lisa as a friend with a Republican. I, I liked it. And it showed, you know, showed a side of uh, the positives and negatives of, of liberals. You know, it's not just taking one stance. You know, I think there was a clip that was going around after the RNC on Twitter and everyone was showing the funny gag of Stampy going through the RNC making a joke about the Democrats. And what no one ever pointed out was like, well, they also did a funny joke about Stampy goes through the, the uh, Democratic and they make a joke of like, we're poor and bankrupt or whatever, if you remember that. We're clip. bad at everything. Yeah, we're bad at everything. So politics aside, like everyone sucks in my opinion. <laughs> but uh, back to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so i like that i think ava longoria i like it we say on podcast when a celebrity comes on to play a character and not ava longoria like herself like it would be easy like it's ava longoria and she makes a joke about uh what was that show she was on desperate housewives yeah yeah they make that joke okay and that's it but uh, i thought the voice acting there was great i thought some of the jokes were funny the opening part like we talked about the simpsonville music thing uh very well done but it was yeah kind of like all right, i want to get to the story and uh i i had fun with it i, I would definitely watch it again and uh, i think uh what was it 53 percent uh, people agreed with uh, Lisa's policies. I think out of 53, I'd rate this episode, uh, well, not a 45, because that number is uh, <laughs> no longer popular in my book. Yeah. I'll give it uh, how many dicks uh, <laughs> you can suck. And that's 37. In a row? That's right. 37 out of 43. It's it's enjoyable. All righty. Though this is not a political podcast, I am somewhat of a politically minded person. I call myself a Democrat, but I think that I'm a bit more liberal than that. And I have ideals that are a bit more left leaning. But I thought this was an interesting examination of the political climate at that time and an attempt to show partisanship by showing the weakness of both sides. Because I think like historically, Republicans are great at having strong ideas that they believe in deeply and holding on to those 
those resolutely, whereas Democrats have good ideas, better ideas, I would say, but don't express them well enough. They're too mamby-namby and afraid to show it. And I thought that this was a good show of that. And also, we're annoying as liberals. Um, we're also so, annoying on this podcast. Exactly, which we're, is why I related to it. <laughs> we're not just annoyed grunt boys. We're annoying grunt boys. <laughs> Maybe we should change that. <laughs> Probably. Um, but I like the idea of showing Lisa as this Republican who people on paper agree with but find her unlikable, like another uh, blonde Democrat that I know, Hillary. But this was a fun episode. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really interesting take on the trope of Lisa finding a friend and then turning them into a rival. Has it been done before? Yes. But I thought that it was a good time. I I enjoyed it. I felt that the intro was ambitious, but I didn't like it just because it was too long. But I get it. I just found myself like it was just a fun episode with a, a nice plot. It was a, a very enjoyable to me. So I will say that, you know, Isabel got elected. And so there have been, if I'm to count them off the top of my head, we'll say 19 Republicans that have been president of these United States. And of those 19, I'm going to give this a, uh, let's say 13 out of 19. All right. Yeah. 13. That's a a very lucky number to have. 13. Yeah. So we recommend the episode, but maybe that's just more if you're politically minded like us. If you're someone who hates politics, maybe, maybe skip this episode. Yeah. Let's not skip the next episode and find out what we're watching next week. And to do that, Craig, we'll need that wheel of random. Let's uh, spin it to see what season we're watching. Here we go. We have season 26. Season 26. All righty. Let's spin to see what episode we are watching. Episode 19. Season 26, episode 19. Why, Craig, that's episode, The Kids Are All Fight. Wait a minute. Didn't we just review an episode called The Kids Are All Right? Yeah. Right? Mm. Fight? This seems like this has been staged. Yeah. And you know what? It is. And I'll explain why, Steve. Please do. And to your your listeners, Steve, not to mine. (laughs) They already know. So what happens is when we review the episode is we know what we're going to watch next week. I spend it, you know, a couple days in advance. We don't do it on the spot. Spoilers. It's true. So, you know, we have everything, information already on the, uh, on our notes here. Well, the original episode we were supposed to watch was the kids are all fight for this week. And uh, I forgot to put it on the notes. And so I'm like, oh, quickly type it in the description of the episode. And I must've typed in the kids are all right and threw it up there. I'm like, that's the episode <laughs> we're watching. And then going back to review it, looking at my notes, I'm like, wait a minute, we were supposed to review the kids are all fight. So I thought, uh, let's just keep it going. So we're going to do the kids are all fight. What's that about, Steve? So the family goes on a trip down memory lane when Homer gets an old role of film developed, revealing the origin of Lisa and Bart's rivalry. Hmm, we kind of talked about how there was uh, some sexual tension and the kids are all right. Do you think yeah. there's going yeah, sexual tension and the kids are all fight? Maybe. All right, Maybe well, like a little rough. Jesus. Well, this episode originally aired April 26, 2015, and it was uh, written by Rob Lezebnik. Ooh. 
So uh, again, I don't remember this episode. I'm going to assume you don't either. No. At first, when I first glanced at it, I thought it was the episode where Art emancipates himself from The Simpsons because he discovers that uh, commercial that he was in as a child. But then I realized that that's not this episode. Yeah. Isn't that more like a season like 14 episode? Yeah, I think so. So it was, like, it was, was a wrong. milestone. I think it was like a milestone episode too. It had like Tony Hawk in it. Yeah. And we're not watching that though. No, sadly, no. We're watching this one, which should be fun or not. Do you think, uh, let's predict real quick. Ooh, this, let me just make a new segment. Ooh. Do you think this is going to be a Lisa on ice and might have like a heartfelt Bart and Lisa hug at the end of the episode? So here's my assumption, and I could be wrong, but what I'm going to assume is they're going to go for that. They're going to try and do that like emotional connection, but because it's going to feel forced, it's not going to come through properly. So though they will hug, but it'll just feel like they're trying to tug at our emotional heartstrings when actually it'll just seem kind of sarcastic and trite. All right, I like your assumption, Steve. Yeah, it'll make an ass out of you and me. <laughs> okay, well, you guys can, of course, uh, go to our T Public site, which is tpublic.com slash user slash annoyed grunt boys. We're also on social medias of uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at 138Simpsons. And you can always email us at 138Simpsons at gmail.com. And if you're so kind, go to your favorite pod catching app and leave five stars or the equivalent and write a review. But it doesn't need to be an actual review. Just write something like this week. I wanted you to write what is your political party affiliation, <laughs> or not? <laughs> yeah, you don't have to. I don't care. Just All write right. something. Yeah. All right. For this week, I've been half an annoyed grunt boy, Craig, and I've been your other half annoyed grunt boy, Steve. And keep reaching for the skis and uh, vote. Just vote. Ooh, spaghetti.